Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to be recording again. You know, it's been a minute. This is the first time I am recording an episode in several months. I literally had to dust off my microphone and try to remember how to even use all this equipment. The last episode we released was in May, and today is Friday, September 22nd, as I'm recording. And this was like my first true break from the podcast since we started back in 2021. You know, I was definitely getting to a point where I was burning out, I needed a break, and I thought the summer would be the perfect time to take a break because one, I was going to be doing a ton of travel, And then two, I knew I was going to be really busy with planning and hosting a speed dating event, Fall in Malayalam, which if we're connected on social media, you probably saw me talking quite a bit about this summer, both of which I will briefly share on today's episode. Needless to say, it has been a hectic and jam-packed last four or five months of the year, and I am just settling back into regular life now, you know. I feel like the sign that this break from the podcast was worthwhile was that toward the end as in like these last few weeks I have felt really excited to come back to podcasting and excited to create an interview and things like that and I think that's how it should feel when you take a break from something you know the point of it is to allow you some time to step away from it and by the end you come back feeling energized and excited and that's how I feel today um This episode today is not going to be the usual. We don't have a guest. We're just simply updating on life. And this summer, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I did, what I learned. We'll keep it really light today. So if that's not your jam, that is totally fine. You know, what's funny is that I don't really care to share personal details on social media, but I do like sharing on the podcast. The podcast feels like a very safe place. It feels like a very special and safe place to share uh, about these types of personal details. So let me go back to April. Pretty much all of April and May, I was traveling a ton for weddings, engagement parties, work travels. I had a wedding in Galveston, Texas at the end of April for one of my closest college friends. And then immediately after that, we had a wedding in New York for my boyfriend's high school best friend so we flew out to New York and so for that wedding we decided we would stay in New York a little bit longer so we got an Airbnb in Brooklyn for about 10 or 11 days and it was supposed to be me my boyfriend and one of his best friends and his best friend's girlfriend so it was supposed to be the four of us that got this Airbnb together And then that couple ended up breaking up like just shortly before the wedding. So then it was just me, my boyfriend and his friend. And we had such a great time in New York. We ate a lot of New York pizza, ate at really great New York restaurants. We played a lot of Scrabble each night and it was just a really nice trip. You know, I think there's something so special about New York City. If there's a place that I could go live in for like, a year or two that I haven't lived in it would be New York I always wish I had a New York era like when I was in college my dream was to move to New York after uh, after graduation and I remember applying for jobs like crazy left and right 
during my senior year of college to go out there I had this massive poster of Times Square hung up on my bedroom and it never happened it was just not in my cards I guess and so spending you know the 10 or 11 days there was really nice so I currently live in Austin Texas and my plan is to escape Texas every summer because the summers are just awfully hot 110 degrees hot and so um, we've talked about maybe spending next summer in New York or other future summers. So that was pretty much April and early May. And then the rest of May, I spent several weeks in Chicago with my parents. I had to be there anyway for my cousin's engagement party. And then I had to be there for work about a week later. And I just figured, well, I might as well just stay for a few weeks and I had the chance to emcee my cousin's engagement party which if you come from an Indian background or at least if you come from like a Malayali Christian background you know there's this thing called being Indian engaged and it really is like a mini wedding you rent out a banquet hall usually there's two to three hundred people there's dancing there's entertainment the whole shebang and my cousin a few like months before texted me and was like hey I have a huge favor to ask can you be one of the MCs? And I'm like, um, thinking in my head that sounds terrifying, but also yes. Like I just instinctively said yes, because one of the things that I've trained my brain over the last decade is to just say yes to new things. If I get asked to do something and it feels terrifying because of the fact that I've never done it before or it sounds like it's outside my comfort zone or I could possibly fail at it, I always take that as my sign that I should do it. And I look back at like so many things that I've said yes to while being terribly afraid. I have always been so glad to have done it, you know, when it was all said and done. And so I said, yes, let's do it. And, you know, I was one of the MCs for his engagement party. And it was it was a really fun and, and positive experience. And, and I honestly felt really proud because 10 years ago, I had such a paralyzing fear over public speaking. So to be on this side where now I can get in front of hundreds of people, including, you know, in front of my own family and friends and be on a mic and, and feel just fine. It was a really empowering feeling, knowing that that also came from years and years of practicing and saying yes to similar types of situations, putting myself in environments where I had to face this fear head on. And little by little, that confidence was built. I had lunch with a mentor over the summer and he is a professional motivational speaker and gets paid to travel around the country to speak at different conferences and conventions and things like that. And he was saying that he treats every speaking engagement like it's his first one, even though he does it so regularly as his career. You know, he practices, he makes notes, he goes into empty rooms and speaks as if he's in front of an audience. And he is one of the best speakers I know. And he does an unthinkable amount of preparation before every speaking event that he's hired for. And so I think that's important for the rest of us to remember because we all watch him and think, wow, he's like so good at that. It must come so naturally to him. And so I do think it's just important to remember that, you know, success or doing something well is rarely an over overnight achievement. Most of the time, it's not just, oh, this person was born that way and that's why they can do the things that they do. There's a lot of hard work and persistence and consistency that has preceded that. 
I feel like I get a lot of people, especially from our Indian community, who say to me like, oh, I wish I could do the things that you do. And I'm like, you can. You definitely can. You just have to start. You take baby steps and over time, those little things that you do add up and it often comes at the cost of being really uncomfortable being bad at it before you get good taking calculated risks having people look at you like you're crazy sometimes but that is what you have to do think of life like a series of little experiments that build up over time um so i i just kind of went off on this tangent but let me circle back to my summer so I spent several weeks in Chicago pretty much all of May I was in Chicago at the end of May after spending about three weeks in Chicago I came back to Austin for like one day before I had another wedding to attend in Sayulita Mexico and I'm sure some of y'all have missed a flight in 15 years I have missed two flights and I'm going to tell you a story about how when I was planning to go to Sile to Mexico I got to the airport two hours early sat at the gate and missed the flight I intentionally do not get to airports early like I am someone who does everything possible to minimize my wait time at the airport so if my flight says boarding starts at 6:20, I plan to get to the gate at 6:20, or sometimes even 6:25, because you know there's the boarding of kids and families and military and blah 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 um, I probably get on a flight on average one time a month and I pretty much only get there right as they start boarding and it works seamlessly every time. And so now my flight to Sayulita was a little different. So this wedding in Sayulita was during Memorial Day weekend. So of course the flight tickets were so expensive. Uh, but I saw that flights out of the San Antonio airport, which is about an hour outside Austin, was significantly cheaper. It was like $400 cheaper. So I thought, of course, no brainer. I'll do that. I've never been to this airport, but seemed worth it to save $400. So the day of my flight, I accounted for potential traffic. I had an uncle, like sort of uncle, family friend uncle who lived in San Antonio. So I was planning to leave my car at their house. And so I'd left more buffer time to see them, to account for traffic, etc. But I still ended up getting to the airport like two hours early, which for some people that's normal. For me, that is not normal. I was actually low-key annoyed at myself for having gotten to the airport as early as I did. And of course, because the San Antonio airport is the smallest airport known to man, getting through security with pre-check was 15 seconds, right? Okay, hold on. I have to plug in my uh, computer. So I find my gate. My gate was supposed to be 810. And I get to the gate and this gate is tiny and it is jam-packed with people. So I thought A10 is packed. Let me go sit in A11, which was footsteps over and I see that both A10 and A11 were both going to Mexico City so my so the wedding was in Sayulita the closest airport to Sayulita was Puerto Vallarta and so my flight had a layover in Mexico City it was supposed to be a really quick layover before arriving in Puerto Vallarta and so I saw both gates were headed to the same destination, which was Mexico City, and they had the same departure time. So I was very foolish, and I assumed that these gates were one and the same, meaning like 
the gates are so small that they didn't have enough room to accommodate everyone from the same plane into a single gate. So they just split everyone into two gates. Uh, long story short, that was not the, ca- the case. So I go over to gate A11. I find a seat. I plopped open my laptop and I just start doing some work, you know, churning out emails, etc. An hour rolls by, an hour and a half rolls by, and it's still packed. But like the environment around me didn't seem like it was moving a whole lot, you know, like nothing was really changing. No one was boarding anything. And I started to wonder, like, why aren't people boarding? Like there must be delays, right? And then on top of that, like the entire time, the signs, the boarding signs for gate A11 never changed. And so my flight's supposed to leave at, I don't know, I think it was like 1.30. And now it is 1.10, maybe 1.15. And I'm like, hmm, what's going on? Let me get up and ask someone. So I get up. I walk, again, footsteps over to gate A10. And I'm like, hey, are you guys, you know, boarding? I'm supposed to be on this flight. And they're like, ma'am, are you Julie George? And they're like, We've been calling your name so many times. We've finished boarding. We've closed the gate. The plane has already started departing. And I look outside and my jaw literally drops because the plane is there and it's starting to move. Like I see it is just starting to move inches. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, please, please let me get on this flight. And these two attendants, they were, you know, looking at me just, shaking their heads as if they see this happen all the time and they're like ma'am there's nothing we can do the plane is already moving and I just I just stood there in shock that I missed getting on this plane when I was sitting there for two hours just footsteps away so I stood there for about five minutes kicking myself and then I was like okay I gotta get a new ticket and I looked for new flights I paid a ridiculous amount of money to buy a brand new flight ticket which included I think there was like I had to wait at the airport another eight hours and then I had a 14-hour layover in some other city before I got to my destination in Puerto Vallarta Um, and I was supposed to meet my boyfriend in Sayulita it was his friend's wedding and we were both really looking forward to spending time together in Mexico after all these weeks of traveling individually. And we had all these plans to arrive early and do some un- fun things, which, you know, had to be cut short and or canceled because of me missing this flight. And God bless him. I think it's it's moments like this that make me really appreciate him even more because he has such great emotional intelligence and understanding and empathy like he obviously knew I was already feeling really dumb for missing this flight especially under these types of circumstances and then I also felt terrible because that had impeded on the plans that we made and you know he didn't make it worse by trying to make me feel bad about it like he he just showed a lot of support and, and all those qualities I love about him as a person came out in the way that he handled that situation and you know I read about this type of stuff all the time in Little Brown Diary Facebook group which if you're not familiar is a Facebook community of 40,000 South Asian women so- South Asian women there's all these different subgroups that are part of the main group but I read often about women brown women who are married to 
brown men who aren't capable of showing empathy or you know emotional regulation and things like that and them venting and asking for advice to the group and and I've also dated men who are like that I've worked with men who are like that I've dated men where this type of situation would have blown up into like a huge fight or a huge ordeal and I don't know I think about these these small moments of conflict you know whether it's big or small these are all clues that you should take seriously as you are assessing the compatibility and quality of a life partner I am turning 33 here in a few short months and if I think about a timeline like I will probably be 34 when we actually get married probably pushing 35 or 36 when I try to have my first kid God willing which you know all of these things by the standards set by our community that's a very late timeline but I will say that I would not change a thing like I wouldn't change anything about my life I think that waiting to find something that is truly good for you and is actually going to make your life better is always worth the wait than rushing into something because of what other people around you think you should be doing or whatever and so you know other than that kind of moment of realization what I also learned was that this is why I don't get to the airport early because I will somehow lose track of time or not pay attention and then miss the flight and I feel like there are people listening who understand and so anyways lo and behold I did eventually make it to Mexico I made it just barely in time for the wedding wedding was fun Sayulita was fun uh we came back to Austin on May like 31st or something and then on June 1st we started our road trip to spend the entire rest of the summer out on the west coast so Texas is very hot in the summer and so the plan was to leave Texas for the summer so me my boyfriend and his dog we were gonna go out west we both live in Austin Texas we do not live together we don't plan to live together until we're married that's just something that we both have talked about we've agreed upon you know we like the idea of having something to look forward to that's different when we are married and I don't personally feel like I need to live with him first in order to validate that marriage is the right next step you know I do think that I will learn new things about him whenever we do live together or whenever we are married and live together but I don't feel that what I will learn or realize is going to change my mind about wanting to get married like we've been together for two years and we've talked in depth about everything under the sun like uh, at length about our values our faith finances kids our kids having social media we've talked about devices and kids we've talked about things like how we would take care of our aging parents gender roles gender expectations like all of these super important topics because we've established that we're aligned in these areas and we have like a foundation around these these topics everything else in my opinion is just like like the nuts and bolts that will work itself out and I know people have different opinions on this topic like obviously do whatever makes sense for you and your relationship and what you're most comfortable with I'm just simply sharing my personal opinion on it right what is surprising is that you know like I think one of the biggest arguments that we hear about people living together before marriage is like 
you have to live together before marriage in order to make sure that you've kind of crossed all of your T's and dotted all of your I's and and use that as a means to make sure that you know this is the person that you're supposed to marry. Um, What's interesting is there's, there's like newer data and research that actually indicates there's a higher rate of divorce for couples who live together before getting married, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, bear in mind, there's so many studies that have been done on this. For every one study you find that supports one argument, you can find another study that doesn't. So, you know, whatever I'm going to share, take it with a grain of salt, okay? One study that was done by the Institute of Family Studies suggested that, like, one explanation for why couples who lived together before marriage had a higher rate of divorce was what they referred to as the inertia of cohabitation, which is this idea that people who are sharing a home together, they're, because their lives have become so integrated, it's easy to get caught up in a lot of inertia or momentum that makes it harder to break up. And so... I kind of interpret that as being similar to like the sunk cost fallacy of like, oh, I've already invested this much. At this point, we can't break up. Um, And so I don't know. I think at the end of the day, there's so many factors that play a role in the success of a relationship or marriage, how skillful they are in like working through conflict, conflict resolution, how financially compatible they were, how they are at being able to like regulate their emotions individually. Um, We could talk about this forever. But my point is, I'm not going to live with anyone before marriage. But this summer, because we were traveling together, we did live together for the summer. And it was such a good experience. And we debriefed at the end of summer. And honestly, nothing changed about the relationship other than realizing two things. One, we definitely need a larger space. Like two people who work from home cannot be crammed in small quarters. And then two... We both realized how easy it is to get caught up in the day-to-day and busyness of life that just because you're living together and spending 24-7 together doesn't mean that you're actually together and spending quality time with each other. So, you know, before the summer, we went from seeing each other pretty much only on the weekends and maybe like one or two times during the week, but really just prioritizing weekends as like our quality time to then living together for the summer but actually feeling less connected during the summer because of the day-to-day of life and not having the same dedicated time to prioritize a relationship. So I think that was something we started to realize like halfway through summer was, okay, we need to distinguish actual quality time versus just being together in the same room because of the fact that we're living under the same roof. I don't think anything major was revealed about each other in terms of habits or pet peeves or anything like that because we were already aware of those things to begin with because of the fact that we're two people in a relationship while living in the same city. Like we live 15 minutes away from each other. So we already spend a lot of our time together which has allowed us to learn about each other's lifestyles and habits and things like that. I do think it would be different if it was two people who are living in different cities, meaning they're doing a long distance relationship and then decide to get married. Um, So you go from being in a long distance relationship, possibly thousands of miles away from each other to then getting married and living under the same household. 
that I think is different, I do feel like it's worthwhile to at least spend some time living in the same city before considering marriage. I think just spending more time with each other reveals a lot and you will learn so much more about someone when you consistently see them regularly for a period of time versus only seeing them once every four weeks or two months or whatever. Uh, personally, I, I mean, like, first of all, I have sworn off long distance relationships. I tried a few long distance relationships in my 20s. And um, I, I don't know, I never want to do not another long distance relationship again. God willing, this is my last relationship before marriage. But if it didn't work out and for some crazy reason, if I had a change of heart and decided that I would be open to a long distance relationship, then I think the rule I'd have for myself is that I'd want to at least spend time living in the same city for a period of time. So to wrap up on this topic, I think those were my two main takeaways from from my summer and like my personal experience of living with my boyfriend for that short period of time was one, we definitely need bigger spaces. And two, quality time is different than just living together and being roommates. Um, and so now we have returned back to Austin. We're back to our normal living situations apart. So about the summer, we spent it out on the West Coast. I love the West Coast. We both lived out there individually for many years. And so on June 1st, we started a road trip from Austin, Texas to Los Angeles. We spent about six weeks in L.A. And I lived in L.A previously for like a hot minute and always thought that I would want to live there again one day but honestly after spending six weeks there this summer I realized I'd, I don't think I'd want to live there again it's just it's way too congested with people traffic I just don't think it's my vibe anymore definitely fun place to visit love the weather love the palm trees but I don't think I'd want to live there again um so yeah six weeks in LA and then we road tripped from LA up to Seattle made a couple stops along the way we stopped in portland we stopped in san francisco to see friends and then spent the rest of the summer in seattle so that was mid-july through the end of august so about seven weeks i lived in seattle before for about five years and there is nothing like summer in seattle like truly summers in seattle are majestic and it was just so nice to go out there catch up with old friends and be able to do things like hike through mountain ranges and explore the outdoors because lord knows we don't get that in texas and so it was just it was such a nice summer and then we came back at the end of august and road trip from seattle back to austin made a few pit stops along the way we stopped in boise idaho which is really beautiful and then also stopped in denver for about 36 hours and um we had like the most denver 36 hours we stayed with um my boyfriend's really good friend from college who lives out there they had an extra bedroom and him and his girlfriend they were so sweet and it was just really nice hanging out with them we went on a long strenuous denver hike during the day and then got to go to a concert at the red rocks amphitheater because purely out of coincidence there was a concert happening that night that we were there and it was Nathaniel Raycliffe and the Night Sweats which I only heard of them because of their one song I more so wanted to go for the experience of attending a concert at Red Rocks which if you've never been like I highly recommend just going for the experience of it because it was so phenomenal um so yeah we you know I think we covered like I want to say it's somewhere between seven to 8,000 miles of 
driving this summer, you know, from Texas up to LA, then LA up to Seattle, then Seattle back down to Texas. And we did this sort of cross country road trip all in my EV electric vehicle EV which I get asked a lot is like how do you like road tripping with an EV and honestly we loved it there's superchargers all around the country so we never really got range anxiety the car will tell you when you need to stop and charge and things like that so our stops to charge was was always like a nice built-in break to get lunch or stretch our legs play with the dog etc um so yeah we got back to austin at the end of august and then like the following weekend i went to dallas for the fall in love fall in malia love or fim speed dating event uh, which was a speed dating event specifically for malayali christians i will most likely record a separate episode to talk about all the behind the scenes of it but I hosted this event with another creator who's actually been on the podcast as a guest in the past Matt George that's actually how I met him personally was because he came on the podcast and so we partnered together to put on this event for our community it was held on September 9th in Dallas and honestly the months leading up to it like these this entire summer um, was you know on top of the traveling like I was really busy with everything about this event the months leading up to it was a roller coaster of emotions everything from this is so exciting this is so fun to holy crap this is such a large undertaking this is so much work what did I get myself into I could have been enjoying the summer of traveling and relaxing without an ounce of stress Uh, I would be lying if I said I did not have those thoughts cross my mind throughout the summer. Um, I definitely did. You know, it was such a lift to put on this type of event. We did not have a playbook to go off of. We were completely building everything from scratch. Like pretty much this is the summer. I would wake up. I would work on FIM. I would do my actual job. I would try to do FIM in between. Then we'd have meetings for FIM. Then there'd be follow up from those meetings I'd go to sleep and then frantically wake up at like 2 a.m. and remember, you know, one thing or the other that I didn't do for FIM. Like when I say it, it took over my summer. It really did. But, you know, seeing it all come together that weekend was so worth it. My heart felt so full by the end of the weekend, by the end of the event weekend. Like it was such a fantastic event. We had an overwhelming amount of positive feedback and gratitude from people who attended the event like it was truly one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done in life you know just building something from the ground up like remembering the days when we were like brainstorming what to even call it or what our brand color should be like all these little things to seeing it become a full-fledged thing of its own and for it to receive the support that it did from the community and have all these people fly across the country to attend like it was just amazing like I can't even put into words how much of an amazing feeling that was and we had an awesome team of volunteers who were there helping us day in and day out for like you know two months before the event we could not have put on the event without them and so um yeah or organizing this event definitely took a huge part of my summer which is also why I had to put the podcast on on pause and we're going to be releasing some stats and metrics um, around the matches and other outcomes from the event and 
hopefully again recording a separate episode talking about um, the event and answering questions that people have and you know just more giving some more in-depth details on behind the scenes so I don't want to get into it now but overall the event was a success you know people keep asking Matt and I if we're gonna do it again and we probably are Um, but it's it's kind of like going up to two people who just planned a wedding wedding and asking them about planning another wedding like I I'm so grateful but I'm so beat from it I, I just need a break so more to come on that front other than that I am excited to be back in Austin I'm excited to settle back into my routine I'm excited to continue investing in relationships and community here and also get back into podcasting so with that being said thank you guys for listening you know I always feel really silly and a little self-conscious recording a podcast episode by myself but I always get a lot of feedback that people like the solo episodes and they the solo episodes tend to have more listener retention than the ones with guests sometimes I do have a few episodes coming up that I still need to release that were recorded with guests from earlier this year so stay tuned if you're still listening thank you for listening thank you for supporting the pod I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will catch you next time thank you so much for listening If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. You can also connect with us on Instagram at thebrongirl underscore podcast and all other social media platforms listed in the show notes. Thank you again. I appreciate you being here.